Welcome to the Accra Community Church Podcast. As you listen to God's word today, may it become for you fresh water for your thirsty soul, give you hope to cope, and wisdom to thrive, excel, and become everything God says you are. God bless you as you listen to today's sermon. Thank you. God bless you. Amen. Good morning to all. We thank God for a new morning, a good weather, and the opportunity to be together to worship and share in His Word. Today we are talking about discipleship, making disciples. There is this popular story all over social media about a group of salesmen who went out for a conference. They all promised their spouses they'd be home early for supper. And so after the conference, they were almost late, rushing to the airport to pick their flight in Chicago. And in their haste to get to the airport, to catch the flight, there was this little girl who was selling, who was selling some fruits set on the table. So one of them mistakenly knocked off the table and then all the fruits, apples spilled down. But they didn't bother to look at her because they were in a haste to catch their flight. So one of them just stopped, saw the girl crying, went back, saw the girl scrambling to pick the apples, so he quickly picked all the apples, and then those which were spoiled, he picked them and put them aside, arranged everything, the rest nicely on the table, took some money and gave to the girl and apologized to her and told her, we are sorry, I hope this, and then mentioned the amount and told the girl, um, we hope this is enough to pay for the trouble. The girl thanked him. And then just when he moved one step, he heard the girl ask, Mister, so he stopped and turned, and then the girl asked, Are you Jesus? And that caught his attention. He got stuck at where he was for some a minute before he rushed in to catch the flight. The question, uh, when Jesus talked about making disciples, was talking about replicating himself. Let's read the very popular scripture that we know about disciple making. Matthew chapter 28 from verse 18 to 20. Matthew 28, 18 to 20. And Jesus came and spoke unto them, saying, all power in, is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. 
First Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1 says, First Corinthians 11, verse 1. Be imitators of me, just as I also am of Christ. Be imitators of me, just I also I am of Christ. Then the last scripture, John 14, verse 34 to 35. John chapter 14, Jesus describing discipleship. I give you a new commandment, John chapter 14, verse 34 to 35. I give you a new commandment to love one another just as I have loved you you also are to love one another. Everyone will know by this that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the commission that you have given to us to make disciples. And we thank you for the promise that that is not left in our hands because you will be with us consistently even to the end of the age. We pray that as we talk about discipleship, you will help us to know how to make disciples in Jesus' name. Amen. John 13, sorry. 35. Sorry, John 13. Okay. So, discipleship, as we know it, when Jesus started his ministry, the Bible says he went around, some few people followed him. He called others to follow him. So, there were those who came on their own and decided to follow him. There were those who he noticed them he invited them to follow him. And along the line, he made them leave everything to focus on following him. And he called them his disciples. So in Matthew 5, the Bible says, when he sat on the mountain to teach, his disciples surrounded him. Consistently throughout the scriptures, we saw Jesus and his disciples. But the question comes, what? are disciples? Who are disciples? Are they just followers? The whole thing about discipleship has a long history even before the coming of Jesus Christ. Among the Greeks, it was a common practice where you get a teacher or a philosopher who has strong beliefs in some principles, convictions, and beliefs, and set to live by those standards. So Socrates was a popular teacher and philosopher who had many disciples, including Plato and others, who imitated him. So this practice among the Greeks was very common, knowing a teacher or a leader and his disciples. It was also copied by the Romans. And so the word disciple comes from the Latin word, which is from the Romans, disciplos, which is to discipline. And for discipleship, it is not just like the way we go to school to learn, a teacher and a student learning. 
No, this is very more practical. So what a disciple does is, the disciples learn to understand the beliefs of the teacher. What are the convictions? What are the beliefs of the teacher? So the disciples follows the teacher to understand those beliefs and learns these beliefs through the practice, the acts of the teacher. And so a person is known as a disciple when the person reflects the life of the teacher. So a disciple is seen as a copy of a teacher. Discipleship, therefore, is an apprenticeship where the apprentice is learning not a trade, but the character, the life, and the beliefs of a teacher. And that is what discipleship is all about. So when Jesus called his followers to be his disciples, this was his intention. For three years, he had that personal relationship with them. And after the resurrection of Jesus, when he left, Peter and John all talked about their experience with Jesus as disciples. They said, what we have seen, heard, and observed, that we present to you. The Bible says that Christians in Antioch were first called Christians, not because they claimed to be Christians, but people saw them and noticed that these are people who have worked with Christ, and therefore they called them Christians. When we talk about discipleship, it is about living a life that reflects Jesus. And to be a disciple of Jesus means that you must first believe in what Jesus believes in. It is easy today for us to have many of us called Christians, but not disciples of Jesus. The simple reason is that first, for most of us, we believe that Jesus is the Son of God. We believe that Jesus came to die for our sins. That we believe, and that the devil also believes it. The difference is that the devil knows the importance of this. But most of us don't know how relevant this is to us. And so, believing in Jesus has become very theoretical to us. And therefore, we find ourselves in situations where we have to live the life of Christ. And we have the difficulty of choosing between Christ and the world. And Jesus told his disciples that becoming a disciple requires sacrifice. He says, if anyone, and a very controversial statement made by Jesus, I think in Luke 14, he says, if anyone does not deny father, mother, brothers and sisters, spouse, and himself, he cannot be my disciple. What is Jesus talking about? If you look at the Hebrew culture, if you read the Bible, Whenever they want to talk, mention somebody's name, they refer your father's house. Jesus, the son of Joseph. Jacob, the son of Isaac. They make reference to your father's house because it is an inheritance. Your importance is based on your father's house. And therefore, for one to deny that father's house is to make, to declare or to consciously put yourself in the situation where all the worldly fame, glory doesn't matter to you when it comes to Christ. 
will place Christ above any other worldly influence. And that is what a disciple of Jesus is required to be. Now, Jesus has asked us to go out and make disciples. So first, it is expected that the believer will be a disciple of Jesus. Paul was confident when he said in Philippians chapter 4, verse 9, he says, whatsoever you have heard of me, whatever you've heard from me, seen from me, do the same. He was confident to say, whatsoever you, you see me do, I am just imitating Christ, and you must copy me. We must come to that point where we are confident to say, people should copy our life because we are of Christ. But Jesus did not ask us just to live the life that reflects him. In Matthew chapter 28, he says, all power in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. Therefore, go and make disciples. Go and make disciples. Where do, should we go? Wherever we find ourselves, people must see Jesus Christ. So when he spoke to this, the disciples, he said, at your home, let them see you are a disciple of Jesus Christ. And that's why he told them, don't leave Jerusalem until the Holy Ghost comes upon you. And it was in Jerusalem, in their home, the people recognized these are disciples of Jesus Christ. At your workplace, people must see that you are a disciple. So he says, go into the world and make disciples of all nations. For many of us, it means missions. But it goes beyond missions. Not everybody is called to be a missionary. But everybody is called to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. And wherever God places you, people must see Jesus in you. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8 that the world is groaning, yearning for the manifestation of the children of God. The world is crying and yearning to see who are the children of God. And we must manifest that. And so the first word is go and make disciples. Go. Where should we go? We must go to wherever we find ourselves. We must manifest Christ. Make disciples. What does it mean to make? It means two things for me. It means that be influential. Let people see Christ in you. Let people desire. The Bible says that let the world come to you and wonder what is the basis of why you act differently. Let the world come to you. In 1 Peter it says that even if they talk negatively about you because of your belief, let the same people congratulate you or speak well of you because of your practice, what you do. And so wherever you are, the first thing is people must see something in you that will make them desire Christ. So we all go this way, but this person is different. He carries an influence, a conviction that cannot easily be given up. You cannot influence the person easily to change his direction. You must have that influence where people should see Christ in you. And says, teaching them to observe. So Jesus says, go make disciples and teach them to observe. So making disciples is something we should be intentional about. 
It means that we must be conscious that we want to influence this pe person or these people and make them see Christ so that they should also imitate Christ and be a copy of Christ. So making disciples is an intentional act. First, it is your lifestyle. Secondly, it must be conscious. The Bible talks about sometimes there are things that are permissible for a Christian. But because of the people around and how they may interpret because they don't have the understanding that you have, some of the things you just have to let go just to create that positive influence over other people. They must see Christ in you. And says, teach them to observe all that I have taught you. How do we teach? Yes, I, go, I went for a teaching practice somewhere to learn how to teach kids. And there's a simple lesson I was taught I have never forgotten. Please don't take me there. Gloria is straightforward thinking of employing me into Sunday school. <laughs> and I learned this simple three principles of teaching kids. It says, I hear, I forget. I see, I remember. I do, I never forget. It means that for you to have inf uh, um, strong impact in teaching, first you communicate it. You tell the people what you believe. You teach it. You communicate it. You talk about it. So we talk about Christ to people. They must hear the gospel. But beyond hearing, they may hear and easily the circumstances of life will make them forget it. But they must see us believing and acting what we, we have told them. So when we tell people we are Christians, this is what Jesus has done for us. It must manifest in our lives that we believe what we are talking about. And then the next step for the believer or to make a disciple is to help the person practice. When people practice what they believe in, it is difficult for them to forget it. The Bible says, teach a child in the ways to go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. It means that when children practice what is right, as they grow up, sometimes they may go off. But because of the practice, they are most likely to come. And many of us here may be believers today because of the influence we had from our childhood. Along the line, we may slip off. But that influence is strong on us. So discipleship making is a conscious act that Bible expects every believer to do. First, if you have received Christ, must manifest in your life as a believer, as a child of God. You must reflect. You must be the image of Jesus Christ. And secondly, the conscious effort to help others, new believers, to know Christ, to experience him. There are a few examples in the Bible, but I'll just mention about three. So in Acts chapter 10, we will see the example of Paul and Barnabas. After Paul had received Christ, he met Jesus Christ on the way to Damascus, received Christ, and so on, and joined the Christians, and later came to Jerusalem. The Christians were afraid of him, and therefore, they have heard so much negative about him, and were not willing to bring him closer. But Barnabas had a testimony. Somewhere in Acts chapter 3, 
Barnabas was the first person who sold his property and gave the money to the church for the welfare of the poor and the vulnerable. He has created a testimony among the believers where they know him to care for others. So his name Barnabas is a nickname, meaning son of consolation. He is the one who everybody knows him. That this man, he is there to sacrifice his life for others. And therefore, even though the apostles who have walked with Jesus, who received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, were afraid of Paul and were not willing to accept him, Barnabas went into Paul, spent time with him, got to understand his message. And if you listen to Barnabas' testimony of Paul to the leadership, it means that he has investigated. So he told the leadership all about Paul. He brought Paul into the leadership for them to accept him. And the Bible says Paul then from then became free to move among the believers to testify about Jesus Christ. And even when people planned to kill him, the people, the very people who initially were rejecting him were the same people who helped him to escape. Barnabas picked Paul. He did not preach Christ to him, but he lived Christ. He manifested Christ to him. And years later, in the church of Antioch, when God wanted to choose people to go on missionary, he chose Paul and Barnabas. When we read Acts chapter 18, we see another example of Paul and Priscilla and Aquila. So Bible says that Paul got to Corinth and then he started preaching there. He had some opposition. He wanted to leave Corinth, but God spoke to him in a dream, in a vision not to leave Corinth because... He has so many people there. God wants to do a work in Corinth. So Paul stayed. Then he decided to get a job to do. Then he found some Jews who were devout Jews who believe in God. They serve God. And he was of the same trade. They were tent makers. So he associated with him a couple, a man and his wife, Aquila and Priscilla. And he associated with them. And then they got into business, became business partners, tent makers. Bible didn't say anywhere that Paul preached to them or talked to them about Christ. He goes around to teach, to preach, comes to work with them, and so on. But getting to the latter part of the same chapter, 1 Corinthians 18, the Bible says Paul left Corinth to Ephesus. Then a young man came to Ephesus, uh, Corinth, known as Apollos. Very zealous. He's heard about Christ. He's preaching about Christ, but his knowledge base was very little because he was taught from John the Baptist, probably a disciple of John the Baptist. So he didn't understand Jesus very well. When Priscilla and Aquila saw his zeal, they invited him in, became friends with him, and they taught him the ways of Christ. And the church of Corinth became very strong, manifest so many gifts, because of this young man, Apollos. Because Priscilla and Aquila, by Paul's influence, have come to accept Christ, understood Christ very well, and were able to mentor Apollos to become a Christian. So, it is this manifest that to, be, to make disciples, it's also a conscious effort where we take in steps to identify people who are interested in Christ and then make the conscious effort to help them grow in Christ. 
And this is the call that Christ has called us to. Go make disciples. Teach them to observe all that I have taught you. And there is a very important promise to this commission. Lo, behold, I will be with you even to the end of the ages. In discipleship making, we may have difficulties along the line. You will come along people who will try to portray to be Christians. You try to help them to be true disciples. Some may take undue advantage of you. Some may abuse you. Paul went through that many times if you read the scriptures. But the end of the day, no matter what happens, I had an experience recently with a friend of mine for years. The friend duped me. I knew very well this is what he was up to, but I decided to give him the benefit of the doubt. And then when he duped me and he realized I wasn't bothered, he got confused, came to me and said, ah, I thought you'd be angry and doing it. I said, I knew this is what you were up to, but I just gave you the benefit of the doubt. So anytime you want to pay the money back, you pay. If you want to pay one CD a year, I'm okay with that. I just don't care whatsoever you do. And this shouldn't affect our friendship. Then he wondered, what are you about? Why are you like this? And I said, you can't change me. You did not make me what I am today. And so I won't let your character change my character. And he told me, you make Christianity look so difficult. I said, why? He said, this standard is too high. How can we be Christians if Christians behave this way? I mean, it's, this, this is too difficult. But I know what I was about. Not to encourage people to dupe or to cheat people. That is not part of Christianity. Christianity, Jesus is, I mean, Jesus was the one who went to the church, took the whip and people for doing the wrong. Jesus does not encourage, but I knew what I was about. And this is what Jesus is calling us to to make disciples. And the assurance is this. He will be with us even to the end of the age. In Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1, the Bible says, Therefore, be imitators of God as dearly beloved children. God is calling us to imitate him, to be the replica of God, to be the image of God, to be the example of God on the self. The world must see Christ through us. And we must consciously help others to reflect this image of God. Amen. Let us pray. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2, Paul said to Timothy, That which I have taught you, that which you have heard from me, Commit to faithful men who will also teach others. We are called to make disciples, to live the life of Christ, and to commit this to others, to raise others, to mentor others, to impact other lives, to manifest the goodness of God that people would desire our God. We pray for grace. I want us to pray that God will grant us the grace. First, to have the ability and the grace of the Holy Spirit 
to be able to live the life of Christ. And secondly, that God will grant us the grace to identify people that we need to disciple. There could be people older than you. There could be people younger than you. There could be people close to you or people distant away from you. Discipleship comes in different forms and different ways. But it is about touching lives. But as Jesus said, the best way of discipleship is manifesting love. That we will have that grace to show the love of God. To cause the love of God to spread. That people will see the love of God at work in our lives. From a distance caring for people. Showing that there is a God who cares for them. That will bring Christ to reality in the lives of people. That they will desire to follow this God. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you have commissioned us. And you equip. You never send anyone without equipping. We pray that at our workplaces we find the difficulties, the challenges of living the Christ life, the abuse where people try to take advantage because we want to live for Christ to abuse us. But we pray for that grace to live and to be like you. At the marketplace, at our homes, in our communities, on missions everywhere. We pray also for missionaries all over the world who are sacrificing their life in dangerous situations, in very difficult situations, just to bring your gospel and the life of Christ to people in communities, deserted communities. We pray that, dear Lord, you will grant them grace, strength, that their hands will not grow weary that you provide for all the resources that they need. And then you continue to protect them according to your promise. I will always be with you, even to the end of the age. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank God. Thank you for listening to today's sermon. If it blessed you, share it with a friend. For more information on how to fellowship with Accra Community Church, visit our website, www.accrachurch.org. God bless you.